You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Getting your foot in the door, getting that first class, that can be the most challenging class to get. Hello, yoga teacher. Today's episode is all about how to break into the yoga business, how to get your first class, whether you just started teaching, you're in teacher training, or maybe you're moving to a new location. I'll also offer suggestions that will be helpful if you're teaching, but you're not teaching as much as you would like, and you want to start getting creative about finding new opportunities to teach. I've spoken with many yoga studio owners who have shared with me that they hesitate to hire brand new teachers. And a lot of studio owners are inundated with requests to teach from lots of really experienced candidates. So even choosing among new potential people can be a challenge for them. If you're a brand new yoga teacher, it might not feel fair that most studio owners or many studio owners don't want to hire you right out of training. However, that policy usually comes from experience of having tried it. And whether it's the fact that some yoga teachers don't stick around very long, or whether they've gotten a lot of feedback from students about new teachers, each studio owner really is responsible for doing what they believe is best for their studio. A lot of times they would really love to give new teachers a chance, but because there are so many new teachers requesting spots, it's more fair to say no to all of them than to pick and choose just a few teachers. So through this episode, we will talk about how to get yoga studio classes, but I also really want to touch on how to find places outside of the yoga studio where you can get experience. If you happen to live somewhere or move somewhere where there aren't very many yoga teachers, you'll probably have an easier time finding a place to teach than if you live somewhere like I do in Asheville, North Carolina here, where you can't throw massage therapists without hitting a yoga teacher. The good news is, though, that no matter where you live, there are many ways to gain teaching experience, and eventually you will have that and be a more hireable teacher. Some of my ideas do require a bit more persistence than other ideas, but the truth is that the people who are going to succeed in the long run are the ones who are not going to give up even when it gets hard. If you want to keep it easy and simple, the most logical place to look first is the studio where you did your teacher training. They were able to get to know you during your training, hopefully, and observe your teaching. You might also be a regular student there already. And while some studios will lay out the possibility and the path to teaching there during their training, others won't and they'll wait for you to ask. There really is no harm in asking. That is the low-hanging fruit here, so reach out to the lead trainer, reach out to the studio manager, or reach out to the owner, whichever one you have the closest relationship with, and ask them if you can offer a donation-based class at their studio as you build up your teaching experience. If the place where you trained isn't near you or it won't work for any other reason, 
then instead of immediately looking for other studios, I'd look outside the studio business model first. For example, sometimes gyms or wellness centers or someplace like that will be more open to hiring a brand new teacher. Personally, the first place I started teaching was at the YMCA and I was paid per class. It wasn't very much per class, but every single day that I showed up to teach, there was a room full of eager students and that is worth a lot when you first start teaching. Just the opportunity to teach people who are really happy to be there learning from you and not have to worry about promoting, not have to worry about getting people in the door. That is a big deal. In some markets, even gyms and wellness centers are cautious about hiring brand new teachers just because they have so many really experienced teachers asking for jobs all the time. If you're in a market where there's more competition, the next thing I would do is ask yourself, where are there already groups of people gathering that I could come to them and offer classes? This is especially effective if it's a group of people that you are already connected to. For example, at your work, your church, maybe your family or friends have hobbies in common, like say you're a rock climber and you have a lot of friends who are rock climbers, you could think about offering a class at a climbing gym. Or maybe you already volunteer somewhere, say you volunteer at a nursing home, that would be a perfect place to then bring a yoga class. If you just moved somewhere new, or maybe the people that you're already connected to, you know they're not open to yoga, or you don't tend to get involved in group things, definitely do look into other studios. Just be prepared that it may take more time to get your foot in the door. If you go somewhere and it feels clicky or exclusive, remember that people usually develop trusting relationships over a long period of time. People do tend to come and go from yoga studios, and it's important to show your commitment over a long period of time to build trust. If you're new to teaching or you're new to town, be sensitive to the fact that some people may have been practicing together for 10, 20, or even 30 years. So it's natural for them to not immediately offer opportunities to every new person who walks in the door. Be patient with them, and I would say project positive intent onto them and you'll be much more likely to be successful in the long run. An environment that at first glance felt a little clicky or exclusive might end up feeling really tight-knit and intimate in the long run. I guess my point is if you find a place that you really like, be persistent and don't give up too soon. Now it's definitely a good idea to start out by attending classes at all the different studios that you can find to figure out which one you want to teach at the most. Once you figure out a place that feels like the best fit for you, start showing up there as often as you can. If the studio owner or the studio manager is a teacher and has their own classes, make sure to take their classes. Once you've established yourself as a regular and dedicated student, let the owner or studio manager know that you're a new teacher or that you're new to town or that you're seeking more classes and that you'd be excited to sub or teach free community classes to get experience. Studio owners and managers tend to get a lot of unsolicited emails from new teachers. By showing up regularly before you ask for a position, you set yourself apart. 
This will be especially effective if that decision maker does teach and gets to know you as a regular student in their classes. Yoga teachers tend to feel really warmly towards people who show up in our classes week after week. There are so many people who come and go. There are so many people who are flaky, who say that they're going to keep showing up and then they don't. So showing your face consistently goes a really long way towards building trust. What if there are no yoga studios nearby or the ones that are in town are problematic and you would not feel right teaching there? If the problem is no yoga studios, that's maybe a good problem to have because it means almost no competition. You could probably rent a space in a church, hang up some flyers and start your own class. I do recommend that you charge for a class if you're renting a space and doing the work to promote it. You don't have to charge a lot at first, but definitely enough to cover your expenses and start to pay back your training. If there are yoga studios in town, but you are pretty sure you don't want to teach there, then what you may want to do is look for organizations like senior centers or community centers or places like that where you might have to do some legwork but there is already a population that is comfortable going to that place and is in the habit of going to that place and offer a class there. Another option is to teach privates. And this can, of course, be done whether you choose to pursue some of the other ideas in this episode or not. Privates are great because you only need to find one person at a time and a pretty small amount of space. Teaching privates is a fantastic way to get teaching experience because you can get real-time feedback from your student in a way that would not be possible in a group setting. And the newer you are to teaching, the more valuable that real-time feedback is going to be because one of the most valuable skills that we develop through experience as yoga teachers is the ability to see bodies and to imagine what a person is feeling based on what we see. When you're teaching a group class, there's so much other information and so much other things to be thinking about that that skill develops more slowly. Whereas if you're in one room with one person really focused on them, you're going to develop that skill more quickly. Depending on your relationship with the person and their level of commitment, you can offer these privates for free or charge a small fee. You do want them to value your time and... You want to make sure that they don't cancel on you last minute and leave you hanging like that. I'm a really huge believer in the benefit of teaching privates. If you were to teach just one person a weekly class for the first year out of training, I believe that you would actually learn more as far as being able to read bodies and being able to sense what someone needs than teaching several group classes. Now, what you wouldn't learn is the classroom management and the group facilitation skills. Those have to be learned in a group setting. Teaching a variety of bodies is helpful too. So if possible, find several people to teach privately. And you could even end up creating a small group class for all your private clients while you continue to teach them separately as well. That would maybe be best case scenario of creating a structure for you to gain teaching experience and continue developing your abilities as a teacher. Whether you're a brand new teacher or you have tons of experience teaching, when you consider trying to get new classes, 
I think it's helpful to start with the end in mind. Ask yourself, what's your ultimate vision? What environment would you eventually like to see yourself teaching in? If you really enjoy teaching in yoga studios, the uncomfortable truth is that you are unlikely to ever make your entire living teaching unless you happen to be under the wing of a studio owner who is an entrepreneur and who really believes in you and wants to promote and support you. If you don't have the intention of being an entrepreneur, there are very few yoga jobs out there that make enough to live on that don't require some entrepreneurial skills and efforts. If you are okay teaching part-time for the rest of your days and you're really clear that what you don't want to do is have to worry about promotion and advertising and the numbers and all of those things, then by all means, teach at a studio, let them find the students, you show up, share your message, and be there for your students. Show up for whoever shows up for you. That is an awesome way to teach. However, don't do that with the expectation that if you just get good enough, people are going to recognize it and somehow you're going to effortlessly transition into teaching full time. I mean, it could happen for sure, but if you count on it, you're much more likely to be disappointed than feel at peace with the decision that you've made. If you're clear that you want to teach yoga full time, whether now or at some point in the future, unless you have a mentor who is willing to do the entrepreneurial pieces for you, you need to make peace with the fact that you have to become an entrepreneur in order to teach yoga full time. You don't have to quit your day job and jump into the deep end, but if you want to have that as your future goal, then start building the skills and take some baby steps in that direction. What that might look like for some of you who are teaching in studios but don't have as many classes as you would like is to start organizing some of your own events. And sometimes they will bomb. Sometimes you will put a ton of energy into an event and then have not enough people sign up. Or you will do it and you'll think it's going to go great. And then at the end, you're like, oh, I should have done it this way instead. And that's all part of the learning process. So I definitely am not trying to push people into entrepreneurship before they're ready. (laughs) In fact, I encourage people to take it slowly. I encourage yoga teachers to dip their toes in and see, is this really something I'm cut out for? Is this something I'm willing to do? And if not, then change your vision and make peace with a more part-time relationship to teaching. Yes, if you live in a big city, you can run from studio to studio and teach full-time. It's possible, but it is not sustainable. You will burn out. So whether you end up in partnership with a studio or you end up on your own, or you end up starting a studio, 
there needs to be some advocacy for yourself and some conscious planning to create a ability to support yourself teaching yoga without burning yourself out. That's the key piece here. It's not that it's not possible to to teach full time even as, you know, with just a few years under your belt depending on your personality, your relationships and the location that you live. Yes, it's possible that you can make your full living teaching, but it will drain you of your love of yoga eventually. It is just so hard. It is so much work. It is so much vulnerable giving without any security. Not to scare you if you're a brand new teacher. If you're a brand new teacher, you don't have to think through this all the way through, but have a little seed planted in your head of, if I want to teach full time, I've got to build some skills that I was not offered in teacher training, or I'm still here for the love of yoga and the love of learning, and I'm using my teaching as a way to continue my learning. I'm open to what happens in the future, but I'm not planning to quit my day job anytime soon. Teaching yoga on its own, whatever the context, is an amazing opportunity for growth. It is not a activity that we most people can engage in and not have major growth come back to us. So I love it in whatever context you choose to do it. I think it's amazing. And I feel the same way about entrepreneurship. I think that you put yourself out there as an entrepreneur and you are going to grow as a human. Not always comfortable, not always fun, a lot of times fun. And I really love helping yoga teachers through both of those processes, helping support yoga teachers to be the best teacher they can, helping yoga teachers be the best entrepreneur they can. And really what it comes down to is being the best human that you can. This morning, I got a text from my husband and he said, I really need you to get $800 into the bank by one o'clock. And I was like, okay, all right, no problem. I log on to my online banking and my business account that I opened up about a month ago, changing from a sole proprietorship that my old account was under to an LLC, wasn't showing up under my online banking. So I call customer service and apparently when I set up the account, they were supposed to give me paper forms to fill out to set up a separate online banking account for my business account, which they did not do. So now instead of recording podcasts, like my plan was, I am looking at having to go in person to the bank to transfer money over based on the mistake that a banking employee made. And I got freaking frustrated. (laughs) I was I'm still frustrated about this, honestly, but I was angry and I was sharp with the customer service person on the phone. And at the end of the call, I apologized and I shared with her why I was frustrated. And of course, all she could do was apologize for the bank, which didn't really make me feel better. The part that made me feel better was that I recognized that I was projecting onto her and I owned it and I recognize that 
I get to make a choice. I get to stick with this bank or I get to leave banks and getting angry at customer service people does not solve any of my problems. Yesterday, I had the privilege of being at the 200-hour teacher training that I teach at and working with one of the trainees who was dealing with feelings of anger also and they were overwhelming her and we sat down together and talked through them and felt them and the big takeaway is that the feelings never stop coming the challenges never stop coming what changes is your ability to be in relationship with them. And it changes very slowly over a very long period of time. But our tendency to want to skip forward and our tendency to want to resist reality and mold it into our own version of always being in control and having everything go perfectly is the major cause, I believe, of suffering. Pain is inevitable. Suffering is something that we create. Suffering comes from our relationship to that pain and our stories around that pain. Why am I sharing these stories on an episode about getting your first class? Because it can be really challenging to try to find a place to teach and to be rejected. It can be really challenging to start teaching and have only one person show up or nobody show up. If you want to be a yoga teacher, this is just scratching the surface. This is just the beginning. This is exactly what you're signing up for. And you're signing up for all of this, no matter what you choose to embark on in your life. You can try to mitigate risk by getting a stable job and spending your evenings watching TV But life is going to come at you anyway, and if you're passionate about yoga and you're passionate about living, then you might as well just go out into the world and meet it and do your best. If you want somebody walking along your side, somebody advising you, somebody holding the mirror up and giving you some neutral feedback, that is what I do with my coaching clients, and I love doing it. I am so grateful to all of the amazing yoga teachers who choose to have me in their life in that role. If you want to find out more about that, about working with me as a coach, you can go to teachingyoga.net slash coaching. If you want that type of feedback and that type of relationship, but you're not ready to invest what it costs to have a one-on-one coach, even though when I look at coaches in other industries, my prices are amazing, but If that's a limitation for you, in the fall, I'm going to be offering a group coaching slash mastermind group. Registration is not yet open for that, but you can get on the wait list by going to teachingyoga.net slash mastermind. And there will be at least two levels of mastermind. One level for people who've been teaching less than five years and one for people who've been teaching more than five years. If you're right around on the cusp, you decide if you are more on the ambitious fast track side, or if you need a little bit more nurturing and encouragement. Also, just a reminder, if you're not yet on the Yoga Teacher Resource Facebook group, 
that's a great way to get peer feedback. We've got lots of amazing yoga teachers in that group, and they're very generous with their time. They're very generous when yoga teachers come in there asking questions. We always get a lot of engagement and really interesting perspectives. If you're not yet a member, you can go to teachingyoga.net slash join. So there's three links I think I offered in this episode, teachingyoga.net slash coaching to find out about working with me one-on-one, teachingyoga.net slash mastermind to find out about the small group programs offered in the fall, and teachingyoga.net slash join, which will give you the links for the Facebook group and also my email list. I hope you have an amazing week. Remember to make time for your personal practice and for self-care, which is not to me about getting your nails done. It's about monitoring your nervous system and noticing when you need downregulation or when you need to get moving. This is one of the big skills and the big concepts that yoga teachers can pass on to our students. So let's be the example and let's live that. Thank you so much for listening. Come back next week for another episode of the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast.